This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Halfway through this edition of After Hours on CBS Sports Radio, still to come, a divisional preview a pre-preview through the eyes of the quarterbacks. We haven't done a QB news yet this week. Uh, there's been so much going on, coaching carousel, everything else. Uh, so we'll let you hear from the quarterbacks, a bunch of them, as we head toward my favorite weekend on the NFL calendar. Also, what's funnier, Joey Bosa blaming the referees for a 27-point collapse. 27-point, mind you, not three or six. Nope, 27 points. It's not even possible for that to be the referee's fault. Just interjecting my opinion there. Anyway, what's funnier, that or Trevor Lawrence saying, are you ready? And you'll hear it from him specifically, that he doesn't believe Arrowhead could be that much louder than Jacksonville last Saturday night. (laughs) I'm assuming he's never played in a postseason game in Arrowhead. (laughs) I don't have to assume that. He's never played in a playoff game at Arrowhead before. Ooh, he might be in for it. Also, why? Didn't we learn you don't incite a riot with the fans by suggesting that their atmosphere is not electric or supercharged or even that loud? Oh, it's loud. I've been on the field at Arrowhead for a Big 12 championship game. So college. Absolutely, utterly diabolic. I could not hear myself think. Also, I couldn't feel my feet by halftime because it was so cold. It was in December. So yeah, there's all kinds of fun and games waiting for Trevor Lawrence, but the fans are probably going to have a little something, something ready for him. So plenty still to go on this edition of After Hours. You can find me on Twitter, ALaw Radio. Matt says he's trying to fall asleep. Thank God for you in sports. Go Bills. <laughs> so on Twitter or on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Sleep is kind of optional here on this show and for this crew and for Patricia Trena. We're excited to catch up with her for the first time covering the Giants now for decades, though. And here they are into the divisional round for the first time since their last Super Bowl run going back to the 2011 season. Saquon Barkley has been a big piece of that. Jones over center this time. Rita in the right left slot goes in motion. Toss left for Barkley. Gets a block. Barkley to the 25, Barkley to the left sideline, to the 10, to the 5, touchdown Giants! Saquon Barkley on a 28-yard burst. Backflip from Richie James, teams come to the center of the field, the final 25 seconds, tick off the clock, and the New York Giants are on to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. 
Philly's Philly. Like their fan base is, you know, it's crazy. They're they're gonna be loud. Uh, there's gonna be chairs. They're gonna be booze, and there might be some double birds. Uh, that's that's Philly. Playoffs is definitely. I expect it to be a hostile environment. This is playoffs. I mean, this this that's how it's gonna be. Um, you know how Philly fans are, and you know, growing up in Pennsylvania. Obviously, I was a Philly fan growing up. I had a lot of Philly fans. I know how passionate they are. So um, it's gonna be fun. Saquon Barkley is prepared. There is no intimidation factor when it comes to divisional rivals. They're familiar. They know what they're in for, but there's also no intimidation factor. Uh, The strength of the NFC East is a notable surprise this season, uh, and we're excited to talk about it again with Patricia, who is part of the SI family. She's got the Locked on Giants podcast and writer for GiantsCountry.com. There are a lot of words uh, that people would use to describe this season for the Giants. I think surprise is probably one of them. Unexpected another. What are a few words that you would use to describe this group of Giants? Grit, gritty. I would say resilient. I would say confident. I would say disciplined. I would say focused. How much of that predated Brian Dayball and how much of it has come with him this year? I think the players always had it, but they didn't know how to harness it constructively. Um, They had to learn how to win. They had to learn how to put it all together. And I think Brian Dayball coming from the Buffalo Bills organization most recently, which turned it around from being basically a laughingstock to a, a powerhouse team every year, uh, he brought down with him processes that uh, taught these guys how to win, how to do the right things, and how to be resilient and, and, and do things constructively as opposed to, you know, um, when they were falling apart. Just the minute that they started losing, they would fall apart. So he taught them how to overcome that and be resilient and just stay focused to the processes. Going back to the beginning of the season, what would you say were the expectations for this season? Well, I think everybody figured this was going to be a rebuilding season. There was only so much that general manager Joe Shane could do because he didn't have the best salary cap situation going. Uh, So he tried to, you know, fill in as many of the holes as he could. Now, the good news is is he inherited, you know, a, a solid roster as far as some core pieces like Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas, Xavier McKinney, Aziz Ojulari, Leonard Williams, and so forth. So he did, you know, it's not like he had to tear it down. I always equate it to building a house. Sometimes you inherit a house or you buy a house and it's a fixer-upper. And then sometimes you you, you buy a house and it's like, okay, got to tear this thing down and start (laughs) from scratch. Yes. So basically this was a fixer-upper, I think. They had the core structure in place. They just needed to kind of enhance it and bring it into the the current year, so to speak. You know, get rid of some of the outdated systems that they had and just, you know, update it. And it's still a work in progress, but they've made great strides, all things considered. That's true. And it's just been one year. So there a lot of credit is due. Over the last, let's say, even 11 years since their previous playoff win, there have been a lot of coaches, a lot of coordinators, uh, a lot of different voices and personnel in and out. Why do you believe Brian Dayball has the staying power? I think because he's true to who he is. You know, I mean, you, you get these coaches in here and they, they, try to be the tough guy or they try to be your friend or they try to be, you know, this scripted robot 
that shows no emotion. Brian Dable is the type of guy who, you know, if you met him, he's the type of guy you'd want to sit and have a, a beer with at a bar. And that's who he is. He's not, he's not, you know, artificial. He doesn't come in scripted. Uh, he doesn't point fingers. He reminds me in a lot of ways of Tom Coughlin towards the, you know, when Tom Coughlin turned the Giants around and they started winning Super Bowls. Yes. It was like, if the players won, it was, it was the players doing. If they lost, it was his fault. He always knew where to point the finger, but never to point it at the players per se. So he was quick to hand out bouquets, but when a, when a butt kicking was needed, he, <laughs> he, he did it either behind closed doors and nobody knew about it, or he kicked his own butt in front of the media. <laughs> he always was tough, though. Tough and yet fair is what I think about yes. when I think about Tom Coughlin, not to mention a winning coach. We're excited yes. to spend a few minutes with Patricia Traina for the first time on the show because the Giants are winning again. Their first divisional round of the playoffs since that last Super Bowl season following 2011. She is a publisher and writer for Giants. GiantsCountry.com, which is part of the SI family, also the host of the Locked On Giants podcast, and it's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Daniel Jones played maybe the best game that I can recall seeing him play, and on the postseason stage, he was brilliant. And I kept thinking how controlled he was. When you think about the impact specifically of Dayball on Jones, what stands out? Well, I think he restored confidence in him. I mean, you know... Last year, the last couple of years, it was drilled into Daniel Jones's head. Don't make a mistake. Go out there. Be, be cautious. Don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. Dable came in here and he said, okay, first thing we're going to do is we're going to sit down and you're going to tell me what you like to, to run. So they <laughs> looked over the last three playbooks that Daniel Jones had to work with. And he said, okay, tell me what you like about him and tell me what you didn't like about him. Okay, so now they have a basis that uh, Jones gives them feedback, and now that he folds that into his system. So now they get out to the practice field, and Dable says to Jones, listen, don't worry about making mistakes. I need to find out what you can do. You need to find out what you can do within the system. So just go out there, fling the ball, you know, have fun. That's what practice is for. We'll worry about cleaning up the mistakes as we go along. So he basically took the shackles off, if you will, of Daniel Jones and allowed him to basically explore his talents, you know, uncover what he was comfortable with, what he wasn't comfortable with. And I think what you started to see is you started to see his confidence grow. And I think between that and working with him on improving his pocket awareness through some drills that they implemented, Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, a former NFL quarterback, came in with some drills and they just you know, how Daniel Jones really turn it around. I mean, you, t- you talk about a 180-degree turn. This, this <laughs> is it. Absolutely. Although I say a lot on my show that the best asset for Daniel Jones is a healthy Saquon Barkley. And the way the two of them have really grown this year together and kind of taken more ownership of the offense has been a lot of fun to watch. What stands out to you about the game against the Vikings, which was the first postseason game for a lot of these guys? Yeah, it definitely was. It, it didn't seem too big for them. You know, you, you would think it's been a while. A lot of these guys haven't played in the postseason. But all week long, Brian Dable said, look, playoff experience is kind of overrated a little bit. What works for you in week one should work for you in the postseason. So I, I, I think he, 
got through to them. I mean, clearly he got through to them. And, and it was just never too big for these guys. You know, sometimes people get to the playoffs and it's a national stage because you're the only game on the TV set, you know, at the time. And it's like, wow, man, you know. So you kind of have <laughs> stars surprise. But, you know, they went to work. You know, they, they said, okay, look, it's the next game on our schedule. We know what's at stake here. We don't need the media to keep pounding us and saying, you know, hey, you know, it's the playoffs. Do you know what's at stake? We know this. So they went out there. They took care of business. And now they're moving on to the Eagles. This is a team that has beaten the Giants twice, most recently in Week 18, in which the Giants weren't really playing a lot of their regulars. Eagles had a little more on the table, trying to grab that top seed and the bye. We saw the return of Jalen Hurts. Where are some areas where the Giants match up well with the Eagles, but also maybe some areas where they are at a disadvantage? Yeah, I think where they match up the best is going to be their running game versus the Eagles' run defense. I I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. I wrote it for an article. The last five games, the Eagles' run defense has allowed higher. uh, It's about 10 to 15 yards more than their average yards per game in the season. So they've had some trouble stopping the run. And, of course, we know that the Giants' running offense is one of their strengths, and not just with Saquon Barkley, but also with Daniel Jones. So if you're going to stop Saquon, well, now you better figure out how you're going to stop Daniel Jones with those design runs. So that's something I think the Giants can certainly play into uh, for their strength. Now, the weaknesses, I would be concerned about the defensive secondary against that the, the receivers that the Eagles have. But I think the biggest thing I'm concerned with is the pass rush versus the offensive line. Now, I went back and I, I looked again. Uh, Evan Neal, the young rookie offensive tackle, right tackle, has struggled ever since coming back from a knee injury that he suffered in mid, mid-year. He's given up most of his pressures since coming back. Say in week 14, uh, Evan Neal gave up like a, a season-high eight pressures to the Eagles. So I'm a little concerned about that right side. I suspect this time around they'll maybe give him some help. I would hope they would give him some help. But that Eagles pass rush, I mean, what do they have, like 70 sacks? They're too Mm. shy of the record. So they are really, really good. I think they've got a pass rush win rate of 52%, which means they are getting home. And they can make a quarterback's life miserable. So I'm concerned about how much time Daniel Jones is going to have in the pocket and whether or not he's going to be able to, you know, hit any of those receivers downfield. The Giants actually average fewer points scored than they average points given up. Now, it's a very tiny margin. It's .3. But they're dead center of the NFL in both of those categories. I thought that was really unique when I was looking at their numbers. They're 15th in the NFL in points for and in points against this season. You want to obviously tilt the scales in favor of points scored, but but uh, it just goes to show you how close their games have been, and yes. you know they just they're on the cusp. You know, right now, obviously they, they're with the exception of the Colts, they're really not blowing the doors off of anybody. If you look at all the games they've won, they've been by like one score, two, you know, or give or take. They're going to get there. You know, with additional talent next year, they will get there, and I. I truly believe they will become a juggernaut. Patricia Trena with GiantsCountry.com and the Locked on Giants podcast. We're excited to have her for the first time after our CBS Sports Radio going back to the Super Bowl uh, following the 11 season uh, until this win against the Vikings in the wild card round. What held them back 
what was the biggest hurdle that they couldn't overcome? I think there were two, actually. The first one was the way they built their rosters. In some cases, they waited a little too long to address needs. Uh, and I'll point to the offensive line as an example. They waited literally, I think, I want to say two years before they started to really devote premium assets to restocking the offensive line after they won that 2011 Super Bowl. So that was, that was a problem. And they had a lot of whiffs, I might add, when they, you know, with their draft class. I mean, mm. you go back and you look at the, the history, they didn't really get a whole lot out of their draft classes. So that was a problem. And then you compound that with, you know, after Tom Coughlin left, they basically went through a, a, uh, a revolving door of coaches and coordinators. So there was no consistency whatsoever. And then, you know, they bring on Daniel Jones in 2019 to succeed Eli Manning. And guess what? They don't have an offensive line for him. They don't have receivers for him, a tight end. Basically, all they had was a running game. So, you know, they kind of did everything a little, you know, if you would, backwards. And, uh, you know, you add all that stuff up and, and it's no wonder why they had the problems that they had. I had a conversation with Sean O'Hara not that long ago, and we were talking about Daniel Jones, and I said how much he reminds me of Eli. Uh, Sean actually called him an Eli clone. Well, you covered both quarterbacks. Do you agree with that assessment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I remember at the Combine in 2019, I, I, t- I went to Daniel's podium, and I took a picture, and I, I, I tweeted it out, and I said, Eli Jr., and I, I remember a bunch of people were like, no, no, what are you, crazy? Don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, that's what he, he reminded me of Eli at the time. And not surprisingly, you know, they, they were both co- coached by David Cutcliffe. You know, I think they both spent some time together at the Manning Academy. I'm sure he ran into him also when Eli used to have, you know, the passing camp that he had down in Duke. So, you know, and then, of course, Daniel mentored uh, or I should say Eli mentored Daniel. Yes. And, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of the same cloth, really. I mean, you've got to have a certain disposition to play in New York. You have to be unflappable. If you're going to let every little thing bother you, well, guess what? You're not going to survive in this market. And, you know, that quality Daniel Jones definitely has, which Eli just mastered to perfection. I mean, yeah, I always joke with Eli now that I get an opportunity to speak to him a little bit more because he shows a personality. And I I always say to him, where the heck was this personality when you were playing? (laughs) And he was kind of like, you know, I couldn't show it. He he, he said, I had a job to do. So he says, now I can show it, you know? So I I suspect that's how Daniel is. I think think behind closed doors, he's got a little bit more of a personality that when he shows to the media. I have to ask you about a tweet that you posted a few days ago that went viral, liked nearly 93,000 times, uh, about Daniel Jones deserving another contract with the team, and then you tacked on the question, or do we still have naysayers out there? It got a lot of traction. Is that now put to bed? We're sure? Everybody's sure? If I had to put a a percentage on it, I would say 99.999% because, you know, there's always that 1% that he doesn't (laughs) come back. Maybe, you know, he hits free agency and maybe he gets another offer and leaves. But, look, I think it would behoove him to come back, and I think he knows that as well. People keep asking me, what do I think he'll get as a contract? And I'm like, he's going to get at least 35, at least, you know, because I think the franchise tag, I want to say, is about 32 and I'm not sure what the what the exclusive franchise tag is, but I think it's about 35. Uh, and look, he's earned it. He, mm. He's definitely earned it. He's shown time and time again 
that he could be a franchise quarterback. This is a guy who has five of his eight career-winning drives this year alone. <laughs> you know, he's loaded the team up on his back. He's developed into a leader. You know, he showed he's a weapon with his legs. He's made smart decisions. I mean, what more do you want from him? And yet there are still naysayers out there. I don't know what some of the replies <laughs> I got, but there were still naysayers saying that, that he, he's trash. Oh, for heaven's sakes. They're clearly not paying attention. So that's one piece of off-season business. And before I let you go, Patricia, how much interest are the two coordinators getting for the head coaching jobs? So far, Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, has been uh, linked to three jobs, Carolina, Indianapolis, and the uh, Texans. Wink Martindale was also linked to Indianapolis. So there's definitely some interest there, and, and I know Giant fans are sitting there going, no, no, not now, you know. <laughs> we can't have nice things. Don't take it away. <laughs> so I'm curious, I'm curious to see what happens there. I, this week, Casa and, and Martindale did not interview this week, but they can interview as soon as Sunday, and I think that's maybe what they're they're going to do. But Casa, this is his first year as an offensive coordinator. I, I, I think it might be too soon for him to jump and make it make the jump to the head coach, but he's going to go eventually. Martindale, on the other hand, I think what a lot of people forget is a few years ago before they hired, I think it was Joe Judge, Martindale actually interviewed for the head coaching job here with the Giants, didn't get it. So the fact that he was able to come back and, you know, t- if you will, tuck his tail between his legs and mm. do what he does best and, and just continue to reinforce that he could be a good coach. And he really is a good coach. I mean, he's worked wonders with the defense. He had a lot of talent to begin with, but just in how he's put that unit together. So I think both of them will make fine head coaches if they get the opportunity. But, you know, from a selfish perspective, I hope they stick around at least another year. So much yet that we don't know about the end of this giant season and what happens in the offseason. But for sure, they have been a, one of the positive and notable surprises of the 22 campaign. You can find Patricia on Twitter at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. You can read her on GiantsCountry.com, which is part of Fan Nation. Also hear her Locked on Giants podcast. And we hope to talk to you again. It's been great to connect with you. Thank you so much for the insight. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Wow. A lot of stuff there about Daniel Jones. Had not heard the story about preseason and how he and Brian Dayball first started to deconstruct and then rebuild the offense around his strengths. Man, does that make you think even more highly of Dayball and the way that he's gotten the the most out of Daniel? That's what he did with Josh Allen. It's clear the technique is working. And then, of course, the idea of Daniel Jones with a contract and what happens next with him as well as Saquon Barkley. Plus, they could be looking for coaches if, in fact, their coordinators end up taking jobs elsewhere. It's very much a copycat league. So some of the teams that have the most success generally stand to lose the most from their staffs. Now, it's the other way. When you don't make the playoffs, you lose guys from your staff because pink slips are being handed out, but jobs are also being filled. I teased this last hour. Uh, Boomer Esiason uh, surprised me when he told me what job he would take if he was Sean Payton. Uh, and in addition, Eric Bieniemy talking about this coaching carousel yet again. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's always about getting the right job. And you got to understand, sometimes the job and the person have to connect. So there has to be a connection. The only thing I can do is be my most authentic self. That's who I am. Okay? I can only be me. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Eric Bieniemy has been part of this coaching carousel for a couple of seasons now where he's been a major name. And yet he's been passed over. And there are a lot of theories for it. Some are fairly critical of Eric that if he interviewed well, there must be something wrong with how he interviews. Because if he did interview well with all the success of the Chiefs offense over the last, oh gosh, five years since Patrick Mahomes arrived, that he would definitely have a job. And so the number of people, you could call them insiders, people who cover the NFL for a living, who are convinced that it's an Eric problem, that it's a enemy problem, they're fairly loud. If you ask Andy Reid, you ask the majority of Chiefs or former Chiefs. Now, there are a couple of former Chiefs. LaShawn McCoy, was he the one who ripped enemy upon his exit? And then Andy Reid essentially said that he was angry because of his lack of playing time, and that's why he took a shot at enemy. The Chiefs, internally in the locker room, they all will tell you that they believe he's been passed over for jobs that he was qualified for and that he should be a head coach somewhere 
And yet he's still with Kansas City. And honestly, this year, his name hasn't been nearly as prominent in the coaching carousels because this is what happens. The NFL moves on. It's a copycat league. And so you're thinking about guys who are with the up-and-coming programs, kind of explosive programs. It's weird to say, but the Chiefs mostly flew under the radar this year. Uh, I mean, they put up a lot of numbers. Obviously, their their wide receiver stable saw a ton of turnover. And yet Patrick Mahomes set an NFL record for most total yards from the line of scrimmage. He and the Chiefs continue to be a Super Bowl contender, the top seed in the AFC again, whether you, whether or not you think the NFL should have handled it the way that it did. But the enemy has not had as much traction this year. I don't know if that means the league has moved on. Again, copycat league, meaning if one team does something, or one team shies away or or leans toward a particular person or a particular group of people. So coaches that come from Sean McVay's trait, how many of them have we seen get hired for jobs? How many guys on the offensive side of the ball with McVay, coordinators and quarterbacks coaches, have we seen get hired? They may have very little experience, and yet, boom, they're gone. Ben Johnson. So first-year offensive coordinator with the Detroit Lions. Now, he decided to stay in Detroit, but how many jobs was he interviewed for or was he requested to interview for? He just, boom, blew up on the scene. And so we see teams do this. They kind of hop on pop. They see a guy making headlines here or a guy's having some instant success, a relatively new name. And all of a sudden, he's all the rage. Spreads like wildfire. Funny enough, though, and this happened last year, too. A lot of the the coach, well, you think about the coaching candidate. Many of them are defensive guys, defensive side of the ball. Even though right now in the playoffs, the majority of the head coaches are offensive minded. Weird, huh? So there's kind of a disconnect there. Sometimes I think it comes down to experience, though, too. We just heard from Patricia Trena about the two coordinators for the Giants. They did not interview this week. Maybe we'll take some interviews next week. Eric Bieniemy, he's obviously still part of a team that's in the postseason, too, and he did have a job interview with the Colts. It's always good to be recognized and always great to have that opportunity. But right now... You know, it's, it's, it's game time. So we'll worry about that when it's time to take care of that. But, yes, it's always good to be recognized for that. And, yes, do I believe that I'm qualified? Yes, I do. But that's not the issue right now. The issue is making sure that we're taking care of business, that I'm doing my part and being accountable to those guys who's counting on me to be available and be at my best when my best is needed. Every time I hear from him, I am impressed. Every time I hear people talk about him, it's nothing but praise. So I'm not sure why he hasn't got a job. I've not been part of the interviews, obviously. I just know what the people closest to him say and what comes out of his mouth. And as I said, every single time I hear him talk about offense or his personnel or his coaches, Andy Reid he speaks so highly of, or his opportunities, I'm always impressed. Still don't have any ruling on Todd Bowles. The report's out there that Byron Leftwich 
is getting let go by the Buccaneers. He was the OC for Tom Brady these last couple seasons. So there could be other openings. We're starting to see GMs get hired. Some of them a bit of a surprise, others not so much. So still to come, we'll do some QB news. We don't have any definitive word about Tom Brady, so I can't give you that. But we have one of his former teammates and best friends who believes he has some intel he can pass along. It's funny, too. I said this to producer Jay earlier on the phone. This kind of popped into my head. We did a poll about Tom Brady retiring and how many people want to see him go away, how many people want to see him return. And I would say between 65 and 70% 70 of you who responded to us on social media said you want to see him go away. Now, a lot of that sports hate slash jealousy, you're tired of hearing about him, blah, blah, blah. Many of you, though, decided you would tack on, he's old, he's tired, he sucks, father time has caught up with him, he can't play the game anymore, blah, 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 right? <laughs> Except there are at least at least five teams I can think of right now whose GMs and coaches would be interested in bringing him on board. So if father time's caught up with him and he stinks and he can't play anymore and he's too old and he's too this and he's too that, why are there five teams at least who are interested in signing him to a contract for 2023? Food for thought. Maybe you don't think those GMs know football as well as you do. That that could be it. I have no knowledge of anything. <laughs> you are listening to the After Hours Podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Here on After Hours, we like you as much as you like us. First of all, Randy, I just want to say I love the show. You may not have a crew in millions of dollars, but I'm kind of starstruck speaking to you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? 
pretty good. I've been listening to you for as long as I can remember. Hey, I mean, long time listener, first time caller. My girlfriend's a sports journalist uh, student at UNLV. You're like her idol. I'm a broadcasting major. You are one of my influences. I really want to have a late night show just like you do. They say that the smartest people in the world function the best at night. Well, I'm down with that. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Call Amy at 855-212-4CBS. Guess what just popped up on the TV in front of me? Well, it's been airing now for hours because the Bills-Dolphins game took forever. Uh, but the moment that just happened on NFL Network, the Zach Sealer fumble return for the touchdown. Uh, and so thinking about that game, and we'll hear from Josh Allen next hour uh, as we get set for divisional round. Uh, there certainly have been more turnovers for the Bills in their more recent games. Josh Allen is dynamic. He is a he's a bull (laughs) in a china shop actually sometimes I mean the man can knock people over he can stiff arm he's a load and I mean that as a compliment he reminds me a little bit of a LeBron James for heaven's sakes although not not necessarily supposed to be knocking people over however they've had a bunch of turnovers in the last several games and there have been times in his career where he's gone through these stretches where there are turnovers I don't I don't know who the MVP is this year. I probably would have been leaning toward Jalen Hurts before he got hurt. I think now maybe I mean the the MVP is a regular season award, but I think now maybe it's probably Patrick Mahomes. Again, Chiefs flew under the radar a little bit this year because they've been there done that. People expect that very high expectations for the Chiefs. And they weren't a super dramatic storyline this year. Weirdly enough, if this sounds odd, well, it sounds odd coming out of my mouth too, but he had a quiet NFL record for most total yards from scrimmage <laughs> with no Tyree kill. I wonder how Ty feels about that. Remember, because he was going to leave and the offense was going to sputter. Not so much. The most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Well, when he's on the field, yes, he's pretty accurate. I am thinking, though, Josh Allen would likely get more traffic for MVP if not for the turnovers. He does go through stretches where he turns the ball over. Now, can he make up for that? Yeah, the Bills generally do compensate and and cover that up. And he is aggressive. You don't want to take that away from him. But he would tell you himself there are times when he makes stupid mistakes or when he's being a little bit too aggressive and trying too much with, with one throw. So as I was thinking about it, just kind of watching that turnover, which was the third, right, of that of the game for him early in the third quarter, uh, led to Miami grabbing the lead, at least for a few minutes. The turnovers, they got to be careful. Against the Bengals, it can turn into a Jags-Chargers type of a situation really quickly with how the Bengals can put up points with alacrity. Good thing the Bills have a defense. Oh, I'm excited for these games this weekend. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. 
Our uh, phone number is 855-212-4227. On Twitter, After Hours CBS. That's our show Twitter. And then also on our Facebook page. So we heard from uh, Eric Bieniemy. even as they're prepping for the Chiefs, he has interviewed for the Colts job. Brandon Staley is not losing his gig. He's sticking around. He says he never really believed that his job was in danger, though there are two offensive coaches who have gotten does boot. The Tampa Bay situation, we still don't know about, right? And so there could be kind of another domino that falls. But for now, anyway, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the teams, I think, are waiting on Sean Payton. It's, if you can get Sean Payton you would take Sean Payton, right? And so he's interviewed for almost every job, unless the Colts jumped in late, or maybe he declined to interview for the Colts. But he's essentially got his pick of the litter if he decides he wants to coach again in 2023. So I asked our friend Boomer Esiason, ran into him in the hallways a couple mornings ago, and said to him, if you're Sean Payton, what job do you take? He surprised me with his answer. He said, the Texans. Huh. I asked him why. I think I made a weird face and said, why? He said, number one, they have a lot of money. So they can spend. And I don't think he meant salary for him. I think he meant in terms of their money, their salary cap, being able to go and bring in quality free agents. If Sean Payton lands there, it becomes a more attractive destination. Without him, I don't think so. Because of the general manager. So then Boomer said, also, he has a history with the GM. He knows Nick. He's worked with him from their days in New England. He's familiar with the system there. Plus, he would be coming in at the same time as a new quarterback, presumably. That was actually my input to Boomer, and he nodded. So I was not expecting that. Certainly, neither L.A. job is going to be open now. So those are off the table. Denver has a quarterback, though not a young quarterback. You've got a a quality defense there. Even the Colts. Now, they desperately need to finish to fix their offensive line and obviously don't have a, unless they're going to go forward with Sam Ellinger, don't have a quarterback or Matt Ryan. I, yeah, I don't know. He didn't interview with the Colts, but the Texans job is one that Boomer thought would be most attractive. I I don't know. I'm still kind of back and forth on that. I feel like with the, the number of guys who pulled their names out of the ring, kind of like a Ben Johnson and some of the other jobs that are staying filled, we're starting to see more of the lean toward defensive guys, except Sean Payton, really. So maybe that's why we haven't seen any of the other Big headlines, big storylines. This team hires blah, 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 blah. Why? Well, because they're willing to wait. Like last year for Aaron Rodgers, right? If he was willing to jump, there were teams that were willing to wait. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Adam's in Toronto. Adam, I just have about two minutes. Go. Good. I'm very quickly. I'm a Bills fan. Uh, go to every Bills game. Ooh, fun. And yeah, it is great. Uh, except for crossing the border. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, one of the reasons that people don't understand what happens with cold is it makes the ball really hard, and you get a lot of fumbles. And also, I think... What it, about interceptions? Those come with the cold, too? Yeah, well, they come oh. with the cold, because you throw as well. 
And also, <laughs> it, it freezes your brain. You're <laughs> thinking about how cold it is. I, I live, you know, I, we have the same weather as Buffalo. When it gets when it gets down to minus 10 Celsius, I, I guess it's about in the teens, I think it just slows you down. Okay, just out of curiosity then, uh, is why did that not affect, I don't know, the Patriots for their 20 years of dominance? See, you're in the same division. They fumbled all the time. They just they just happened to be bet- lucky. Oh, I, is that I mean, what happened? <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, the other team also fumbled. You oh. watch games, and there was turnovers. When the weather gets really cold, and it doesn't get as, it doesn't get cold like it gets Buffalo cold in in New England. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but yeah, no. It, I mean, remember, I have to watch. Uh, these guys, I've been watching these guys since 1967. Which means yeah. you may you may have a little bit of a, a slanted perspective. Adam, I went to school in Syracuse. Okay. It was definitely cold, uh, but I grew up in New England. It was pretty damn cold there as well. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. All teams have to play in the same conditions. I do not think a cold brain is an excuse for turning the ball over. That's, that's just no. You don't get to excuse your team and your quarterback because he's got a frozen brain. <laughs> After hours, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.